Welcome, everybody, to No BS with Brian and Susan. It's so wonderful to be here today. It is June 7th, and oh my goodness, I'm Brian Kluger. We're all broadcasting live in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, today on this glorious sunny afternoon. And I am with the co-hostess with the mostest, the person who is my amazing neighbor in life and in real life. I don't know what's happening. It's Susan Stevens Kamyab. What's up? Hey, you said Susan Stevens Kamyab. <laughs> oh, God, I did. Susan Kamyab Stevens. Oh, my God, we got to do it over again. No, it's okay. It's just really <laughs> early for Brian. So <laughs> it's really early for me. Yes, it is. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, you, you have so many names, so I don't know if I have to say the hyphen in there or all the names. There's I no hyphen. I have no hyphen. I just say copy because I'm not ready to let it go, but it's my middle name now. But yes, I mean, a lot of times when people ask me, like, I guess technically you can say Susan Stevens, but Either one. You can even say Susan Kamya, but yes, I do say <laughs> those three. It's good. It's good. We have lots to talk about today. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through all of our names at some point. <laughs> yeah. And we actually got to see each other this week, which is great. We're going to talk about that later. Um, we have our blind watch, which was House at the End of the Street, mm -hmm. um, which you probably have never seen. And we didn't. Uh, yeah. We have our main event, which will be neighborly. And of course, we always start out with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette news, but there's no Bachelor or Bachelorette on. That starts June 26th, which is yes. in uh, three weeks. So Bachelor, Bachelorette stuff. It's charity season, right? Yep, charity season, who Brian finds mediocre. So we'll see what he thinks about her. <laughs> mediocre. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that was nice. He really didn't like her during the season. So we'll see if he actually. We'll see, if, see if it comes away. I still think that the reason they put charity in is because of her parents episode. Everybody loved the parents. Who were like, oh, yeah, put her in. Well, she was a fan favorite. And unfortunately, and, and I know you agree with me, Brian. Gabby went a little cuckoo towards the end there. So they're like, she did. Can't pick she her. Did. Can't she did. Pick she did. You got to go to paradise, Gabby. That's where you're going. We can't, we can't like have you be like that and then be like, sure, you're ready to be bachelorette. She's like, she, she needs, I hope she loves herself a lot more before she goes to paradise. Right, right, right. So, uh, Quick update is are Zach and Katie still together? Still together. As Have they today. moved in yet? Supposedly they should be moving in um this summer. So they said this summer. Technically it's just started June. So it could be a process thing. Okay. But okay. They, as far as I know, they are still together and good. And yeah, yeah, it seems like pretty happy. Pretty happy. Pretty cool. Uh, so that's good. Do you have any any news out of charity seasons yet? Like, I don't think they're going to release anything yet. Do and they, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And I was going to ask, like, you know, us being film critics and TV critics, do they for shows like The Bachelor Bachelorette, do they release those to critics early? 
they can, but not like now. The most that they do, because I know one of the podcasts I listen to, they give them like an episode, um, like a, a week early or so, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, they did release the men of charity season. So you get to see, I think there's like 30 of them that you can see their pictures. I always hate looking at them because none of their pictures ever look like they look doofy to me. They all look, they all look the same. It's like, they're all like, they look the same. I'm not going to remember who they are. I'm like, they're going to leave more of an impression if I just watch night one. So I'm like, whatever. Um, But I'm just, charity seems like a smart girl. So I'm hoping she makes some smart choices this season. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. The uh, Bachelor, June twenty sixth. Are they, is it a two hour episode or a three hour episode or something? Definitely at least two hours. Sometimes they do, the three, but I bet it'll be two hours because their ratings have been slipping. So I don't know if they really can't afford a two hour. Well, the thing I think hour. their things are slipping because they've gotten they they haven't changed up anything in so long, and then they started focusing on every episode the. Somebody has to have trauma and talk about it, which is so canned. And then they have to have like a musical act. It's it's so bad. Like I always want to change the channel. Right, right. Well, the as I think I mentioned before, Mike Fleece got fired, uh, which was the creator of the show. And so they've stepped in more women are in charge of it now. So we will see if we notice any sort of difference with uh, a new like creator behind the scenes. Okay, so is there to to wrap this up for Bachelor Bachelorette since there's no Bachelor and Bachelorette on while the Bachelor and Bachelorette is off uh, the air? Is there a, a is there a replacement for you like that you watch in lieu of the Bachelor Bachelorette? That's I mean, similar? I watched I watched Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, when that aired, and then other than that, the closest thing, which isn't really the same uh is rupaul's drag race uh all stars but i limited myself i decided a while ago i was like i think for the dating reality series i was like i think i just got to keep it the bachelor and uh love is blind i don't feel like watching anymore because they're just they are like a little like garbagey you know it's just such it's just also i don't have a lot of time and i get so invested so, because I, I used to watch Married at First Sight, and that became overwhelming with all the content. So I just, but I do watch all the Bachelor like spinoffs too. So it's like Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, anything else. And now the one extra news is they announced that they're finally. I think they might have. They didn't say an exact date, but they said they've got Bachelor. It was like Golden Age or something, which is supposed to be like the senior. This is the thing I've been so excited. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're going to bring the bachelor like like senior people to be finding love, and if they get enough people, I think that is going to be so fascinating to watch. Like people, senior citizens trying to find love in a bachelor format. Like, is that going to be the same drama? Who? What is? Is there going to be the same makeout sessions? I mean, I oh god, I didn't even (laughs) think about that. Uh, (laughs) I. My my hope is that you know how the sweetness is love uh, like love on the spectrum is was yeah. so sweet. I hope it's that type of thing and not drama induced. It was it's it's sweeter. I think if it's drama induced, it's gonna tank because to see senior citizens act like twenty three year olds, 
that's not going to translate well. I think I, I'll just be like, this looks, this feels fake because surely by the time you're a senior citizen, you're not going to be like, what did you say about me or whatever? You know, like you're a bitch. Like, it's just not going to be, I would, I would, I don't know that. So I, it's, I'm hoping for the best with that. Right. Right. I hope so too. So, uh, Cool, cool. Bachelor, Bachelorette. Um, hopefully in our next couple of episodes, the show will be back on and we'll have lots to talk about, especially that first episode, which we hate. Um, we always yeah, have to get through that. that first episode. Well, it's first episode and the tell-all. Those are my least favorites. Right, right. I, I agree. So the bachelor. So let's move on to our main event, what we're talking about. So the, the our blind watch that Susan picked out is called House at the End of the Street. And it stars Jennifer Lawrence and Elizabeth Shue. And this movie was basically a first big first feature role for Jennifer Lawrence. This came out the same year as Silver Lane's Playbook. And the first Hunger Games movie, but I think it was made a few years prior. Um, and then when Jennifer Lawrence got real successful, they released it. Mm -hmm. And it's a horror movie. Um, we're going to talk about that, but it has to deal with neighbors um, in a horror setting. So, Susan, you came up with some good topics for a main event. Yeah, just because, okay, in the movie, and I've seen this in other movies, where like neighbors get together and they're just like at barbecues and hanging out and stuff like that. And I've never been a part of that. Like the closest with my neighbors have always just been like A's and highs or whatever. Um, so I was interested to know, like, are you close to your neighbors in the sense that you guys get together maybe on a weekly basis or pretty frequently grab dinner uh, have barbecues, things like that. Is that is that very common for you? Yes, very common. I mean, if you know me, Susan, yeah. uh, I kind of try to bring the party everywhere. And like I introduce myself right off the bat and make an effort, right? Yeah. So you, you've always been that way because you do live in very close quarters with your neighbors right now. But even before, even in your previous home, you were like that too, like with your neighborhood? There, yeah. You want me to break that down for you? Well, in a nutshell, sure. In a <laughs> nutshell. Break that. So um, same thing with even in moving in college, you know, like I had the dorm room, but then when I moved to the apartment, you don't know anybody, but then I got to know everybody in the apartment complex. Um, there were... One, two, three, four. There were 12 um, apartments in that little unit and got to know everybody. And we became like friends. We all threw big parties together out in our courtyard. Like it was great. We all were there for each other. Um, one of the greatest things that we all did, we were just all hanging out one time, like all of us, like all mm -hmm. of the apartment units. And I had bought a... Um, a slingshot um like this giant slingshot that um you put water balloons on and so it took three people to man like one person at one end one person at the other end and one person in the middle to like pull it back and launch a, a water balloon mm -hmm. so we were doing that at people like <laughs> 
like a whole block like this thing would go like a football field long that's like how hardcore it was and somebody called the cops on us and the cops came over and the entire apartment complex was sitting out there nobody said anything like it was like we all like understood like nobody's ratting anybody out like it was so good uh we had a good time and so fast forward that a little bit um into my previous house in east dallas by white rock lake in the arboretum um when i was living there uh i made friends with one neighbor and then i saw two people move in next door to me we became instant friends we're still friends with them today and then my best friend was coming back from chicago and i got him warren yeah warren i got him to move into the house directly across the street because um it went for sale and he bought it and then another person moved in next door to him and became instant friends and then we created like our sunday family dinner with other people on the street and three other groups of people moved on that street to be around all of us and for years we did a sunday night themed dinner every night and we're still friends with everybody today Jeez. Okay. So Ryan's like the movie. It, that's what it's shown. Like this community, like this neighborhood, they get together and have barbecues and whatnot. And they're pretty friendly. Well, they're pretty friendly. Well, we'll get to that to everybody, but this one guy, but um, yeah, that was not really my experience. I think the closest when we grew up in Irving, I was friends with a girl next. I We did. I think we've always been good about knowing like who's on our like in between us like we're whatever where we're in who we're in between basically so and i was friends with that family and i was actually friends with the girl there and then we knew the other neighbor well enough to feel like like i think i was actually locked out of the house one time and i was able to go to that neighbor and stay there until my parents got home so that was good um and but then besides that house the next neighborhood when we moved to lewisville uh we know one of our neighbors the other one i think it's just like a high one lady because we live in a my parents live in a cul-de-sac i remember one lady trying to do like a kind of like a little block party thing one time and we we did come out but it just wasn't really anything like she had snacks and she's like yeah we should do this more often i think she was trying to be like you brian but it definitely did not i think she tried to do one more event but not as many people showed up it was like people just like they're friendly, but they're not like trying to socialize or anything. And then, so that same experience is like they wave, but nothing much. In our apartment, like, no, I wouldn't say we were like, we even, me and Trevor knew the people, or like really even, hardly even a high. Uh, but now, where we live now, we do make an effort to know at least the people were in between. We are actually sad that one of our neighbors moved. This bummer. I actually feel bad. Little T, though, because his wife cheated on him. So they, he, he, Trevor talked to him more. So he was a little bit more open about it. But his wife cheated on him. And uh, he, he was like, this sucks that I have to move. Like, I like this neighborhood, but we got to, I'm going to go live in an apartment now. And so, <laughs> uh, and they had a kid or they have a kid as well. It's just like, it's so shitty. Um, and Trevor's actually like, is like, I think I actually saw the guy like that was coming over. Um, so a little drama there. 
but um i was oblivious that our other neighbors are great and then these new neighbors that have moved i haven't met them but trevor met them and they were friendly uh the only thing everybody we we always say hi and we do try to know and i think like we we have trevor has the number to to this neighbor um for emergency um but the when this feels the most united is definitely halloween because this neighborhood is so into halloween definitely people from that don't live here like come to this neighborhood because they're like some people get full-size candy bars and like our neighbor that is the one that we are friends with they throw like a freaking like it looks like a haunted house they do like a whole setup or something and um so people get really into halloween around here um i i told him i was like i mean i'm glad i'm having a kid because i was like i can't wait till we do have a kid and we can walk around the neighborhood and see what all these houses are doing. Cause I will, when I sit out there with the candy, I hear all this stuff, people laughing, they're bringing like hot dogs and jello shots and stuff I'm like, which house is doing that? Some house gives pizza. What, what's happening? Like, and I can't, I'm over there just sitting, passing out candy, but. Susan yeah, secretly that's... wants to go trick-or-treating for herself. Cause she loves candy. I, it's not even a secret, Brian. I want to. I trick-or-treated <laughs> until my freshman year of college. That is how long I did that because I love getting free candy. It was one of my favorite things to do was to get all this candy and then dump it and be like, what do I have? And then sort it out. It was so, it was like a high. So that's what they have like, it'll be great when my kid comes, I could take him trick-or-treating and be like, all right, son parent tax like whatever it is let me see yeah me parent see tax one for you two <laughs> for me, me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that no no we're gonna we're gonna control your candy no um but yeah that's about the most united but i uh, but there's no like neighborhood barbecues nobody's like we're not that close it's but it's friendly it's always been friendly but and my other like second part to this question was should you know your neighbors and yes. i i mean I think you should. I I think that's a, I think it's good to at least be on friendly terms in case of emergency. Like I said, I got locked out. I was able to go over there. You never know if you can borrow something. It's always good to be on good terms with your neighbors. Yeah. In the current place I'm at, the condo, there's 15 units in the condo and it's uh -huh. great. Um, there are five neighbors that I actively hang out with and go out with five wow. out of the 15. Everybody else I know um, I would hang out with, but there's mm -hmm. five out of the 15 that I actively see either every day or every week and then go out with. So, um, and it's great. It's great. I just, I like to meet new people and, you know, I'm the, I'm the person that will show up, you know, for a happy hour at your place with a beer in hand and a bag of candy or cookies. I'm like, what's up for like a little, a little chill sesh, you know, yeah. and people think that's funny and love it. You know, it's like, what's up. And then, um, and then we do parties and then especially during COVID here, mm -hmm. we all just started hanging out in the parking lot, you know, um, yeah. like out in the front and, with our lawn chairs and just started like bringing our own food and drinks out and hanging out. And 
than that developed. But yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And I like to know who my neighbors are for sure, because like you said, yeah. uh case of emergency or just to know what's going on. I mean, you might meet somebody cool or you might not meet somebody not cool. Um, and uh, networking and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's a better thing to know your neighbors and stay friendly with them. And, uh honestly i think trevor's better about it because he does all the yard work outside so he catches them more often but um yeah it is is good though to do that no i i love it so i yes i think you should be a good neighbor i think you should make an effort i mean some people like to keep to themselves but it's always good to check on them and stuff like that i mean you can kind of tell by how they act or like you know how they say hi to you if you're you're outside or something like that. But mo- for most of the time, it's pretty awesome. There's some cool ass people here. And, you know, and it's funny because two people moved in here because of uh, they liked the place. But when I was out, probably sitting out in the parking lot, I think for when two mm-hmm. people moved in over the last few years and they made yeah. the decision to move here because of me, because I was so like, what's up? He was like, yeah. And so they've told that story. It's like, Oh yeah, you, you were out there and you were having tequila, listen to star Wars. We just thought that was super fun. And it's like, Oh yeah, super cool. <laughs> so yeah. Brian's so humble. It's like these people, they stayed for me. They did. They did. <laughs> I'm so awesome. You know how great I am, Susan. You know, you 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 know how awesome I am, right? Like I bring the life, the party to every, every Susan. You situation. want me to live on your street. Just tell me that. <laughs> you know how fun that would be? I'd show up with like literally a Costco bag of candy for you every week. And you'd be oh, like, God, that'd be up? I mean, it'd be great, but it'd be so bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would put in like little $50 gift cards to your dentist, you know, like it's like your teeth (laughs) will rot because of all the candy. Um, But no, you you know, you would love it. I I, shit. I think it would be great if you, me, Preston and Gwen lived on the same street. (laughs) Do you do you realize how fun that would be? Yeah, it'd be fun. A lot of movie nights. There would be a lot, ton of movie nights and good meal nights. Oh my God, it'd be crazy. Yeah. No, uh, I I enjoy it. And I'm not, I, I you know, like I can be humble sometimes, but I, I would just say, <laughs> use your interview skills and interview the neighbors around here and you, you they would tell you. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt that you're um, very friendly with all your neighbors and they they like you. I'm just, I think with with my career, I'm like, if I don't have to, I have to do so much talking to people <laughs> like on a regular basis, like not just, not just the movie stuff that we do, but with the ICTN in general, I have to talk a lot with the community and people like that, which is totally pleasant. It's just like, it's a lot. I don't mind no. just chilling at home, <laughs> but I, I do, it. like I said, I, I do think it's important to know your neighbors and be friendly with them. And I never want to be one of those neighbors. that's just like, don't talk to me or anything like that. I don't want that. No, I, I get it. I get it for sure. Yeah. And I, and I've but, met, I've met, I've had neighbors both at this, this location and the last location that were similar to that, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, Besides that, obviously, we mentioned that Jennifer Lawrence and Elizabeth Shue stars in the movie. 
So I figured, why don't we start with saying some of our favorite Jennifer Lawrence films? Because I will say this movie, just a little spoiler alert, was not my favorite for either of them. <laughs> right. You know what? So I don't like Jennifer Lawrence in a lot of movies. Um, Crazy. I don't oh think gosh. she's that great, but I think her best movies, her top three, okay. um, is her, I think her number one is American Hustle. She played Rosalind Rosenfeld and she had a bit part and she was so funny in that movie. She, she was she so was really good. good. Um, I liked her in Mother because it was so crazy, but I think I liked the movie more so than her in it. But I will mention mm-hmm. that. And then, oh my God, her in Don't Look Up was amazing. She was really good. In she was so good in Don't Look Up. So those are the top those three. Are... Everything else okay. I think is forgettable. Wow. I am so opposite of Brian on this. I think Jennifer Lawrence is an incredible actor and she is some mo- almost everything she's in she shines in um but i guess most memorable x-men first class such a great movie love her uh i love the hunger games movie more so one and two though one and two after those two that kind of like whatever catching fire especially is the best one but uh love them I don't know why Brian doesn't like Silver Linings Playbook, but she well deserved that Oscar. Her performance in Silver Linings Playbook is so damn good. There is a scene I will never forget just feeling her whenever, uh, for people who haven't seen it, it's just there's a scene with her and Julia Stiles, who's her sister, and she feels like she's trying to like ruin her relationship with Bradley Cooper, and she's just like, she's freaking out, and it's, oh my gosh, I... I was so happy when she won the Oscar that year. Um, I will agree. I don't like the movie American Hustle, but her performance, phenomenal. She is the best part of that movie. I still I still quote that her line from that movie. Which line? Thank God for me. Oh. <laughs> when she was doing the thing with a microwave and it fucks it up, but like she makes it like, oh, thank God for me then. And I was like, oh, that was so good. I still quote that. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but, uh, and, th- and then I would agree with Don't Look Up. She is great in Don't Look Up. I love the movie. And she is so funny. The amount of times that she can't get over why they charge for snacks. It's so great. So good. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, the, those are, there's others, but I think those are her like really standout performances. But. Yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not in a, She's not a Kristen Stewart to me. Oh my god! Well, yeah, no. I think she's she's way better than that. But it's just like the the movies. I just most of them I don't care for. And well, I think like the no hard feelings that she's coming out with looks looks great. Funny. No, like, it looks I'm great. So excited to see her play in like a raunchy comedy role. Like I think. That's going to be great. No, I'm excited about that. I mean, Gene Stupinski did Good Boys and Year One and Bad Teacher and The Office, you know, so I I imagine Uh that's going to be great. Okay. Um, So, uh, yeah. So, you know, can we move on to my first crush? Yeah, I figured Brian probably has more than three on this one because we've there's been a couple times we've we've seen stuff with Jenner or with Elizabeth Shue and Brian has mentioned that. He's like, ooh, Elizabeth Shue. And I mean, I don't blame him, though. I think I still think to this day she's beautiful. No, she is. She is. So um, 
my favorite roles of hers. So of course, Adventures in Babysitting is number one. She like does everything in that movie. She fucking babysits. She stops a gang war on a train. She sings the blues. Like what a badass! That's a hero right there. Uh, Chris Parker, my god, I love you. Um, other one, Allie Mills, her first feature film. Allie Mills, the Karate Kid. She's so great in that. I mean, she she sticks up for what's right. She does not count down. She she's a badass in that. I love her as Lori and Angelique in Soap Dish. Like she's so great in that. And then uh, my other one is um, Leaving Las Vegas, the one that she was nominated for an Oscar for, um, with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I gotta see that movie. Man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, and yeah. then the only other thing I would mention um, her most recent stint in The Boys um, yeah. as Madeline Stilwell was so, so good. good. She's in, uh, she's so great in that. I mean, she's she's been in Curb Your Enthusiasm as herself and Cobra Kai again and stuff like that. But um, yeah, those are those are the ones. Those are the ones. And like, again, she doesn't have like a crazy film resume like she's not yeah. in a ton of movies you would recognize per se but she does like fun stuff like she was in piranha 3d what's going on she was in uh she was in greyhound which nobody saw which was the terrible world war ii submarine tom hanks movie mm-hmm. uh which was terrible but i mean you're just adventures and baby scene and people forget she's in um Back to the Future too, which she has some good moments, but I think others are better. But yeah, what are what are your favorite Elizabeth Shoe roles? You named a lot of them because Karate, the Karate Kid is absolutely. She was always my favorite for him. <laughs> like I was like, man, like you know, he, the second one, he like she just disappears, and I was like, the hell, bring Elizabeth Shoe back. Um, but uh obviously adventures in babysitting was one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up i rewatched that so much and loved her loved that's the first time i heard of thor <laughs> right no it, thor vincent d'onofrio played thor <laughs> oh shit okay. that was him dawson's garage that was uh it was thor that was that was vincent d'onofrio and he was wow. like buff and built then yeah yeah and then um Back to the Future, uh, for sure. Uh, and then, um, whatchamacallit? Well, I didn't see Soap Dish, but there- You there would were, love Soap Dish. It makes me want to watch it and Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Hollow Man. I think Hollow Man is such a fun movie. I, I re, I'll actually rewatch that movie because I know it's ridiculous. It's silly. It's so inappropriate now. Like, if you watch it now, it's like, ooh. this is cringy how kevin bacon is to the women um but i think she's great and it's got um josh brolin in there too but uh, you've seen that right yeah of course yeah that i love her in that um especially because like she's kind of like the final like takedown to him and stuff um i love the movie mysterious skin uh so uh that's a great one and uh, I would agree about, I did see Piranha 3D, but I mean, that's just, yeah, she's fun. Uh, but I I would say the boys, uh, just because even though she is just on season one, her role was so like memorable. <laughs> yeah, it was for many reasons. For many reasons, <laughs> it's memorable. I don't think I'll ever forget some of the stuff in that movie or that show with her. 
Um, but she's also just like fantastic in it too. So anyway, that's good. So now I want you to go watch Soap Dish. Do you even know who's in Soap Dish? Do you know what it's about? No, I don't even like that's like so, the first. I know Leaving Las Vegas, but I've never. So 1991, there's a movie Dish. about the making of a soap opera, and it's a oh. comedy, and it's got Sally Field, Kevin Klein, Robert Downey Jr., Elizabeth Shue, Whoopi Goldberg, Carrie Fisher, Terry Hatcher, Kathy Najimy, uh oh. are all in it. Yeah, and I see the cast. And it's a great comedy movie. And it's basically about making like all it's not filmed like a Christopher Guest movie or like The Office, but it could be because mm-hmm. it's about the behind the scenes of a soap opera. And it's so damn funny. And that that cast is insane. Okay. I actually think I will watch this. Like, really, like try to watch it soon because it says it's on HBO Max or Max and yeah, it's and great. I, it's so funny. Feeling the story for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll really like it. And she's great in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I will check that out. Check that out. Yeah, Soap <laughs> Dish. They they made, I think, a TV show of it. And I think they did a stage play of it, I think. Yeah, stage adaption and television adaption. Yeah, there you go. Oh, no way. And so, like, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, John Stamos, and Jane Krakowski did the stage stuff. Oh, okay. And it looks like they are doing a TV adaptation of it. It will be on Paramount Plus with Whoopi Goldberg reprising her role. Oh, wow. How many other people will be in it? But yeah, it's great. Like, it's it's so good. (laughs) No, I'm excited for it. I didn't even know about it. So I will definitely watch. That premise looks like my cup of tea, so. Yeah, I think you'll like it. So uh, Elizabeth Shue, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, they've had amazing careers, uh, big box office draw, Oscar nominated and winners right there. But and cl- the- clearly Brian would pick to date Elizabeth Shue. Over. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even now. As I now, would pick right Whoopi now. Goldberg to date over Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, OK. I don't want to like say it is like I, I think Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence is so pretty. Whoopi Goldberg is beautiful, too. I'm just like there's. Jen, you're making it seem like Jennifer Lawrence is like gross or something. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she's so beautiful. And she's so talented. Oh, you make Actually, me Jennifer laugh. Jennifer Lawrence, I want to be her friend. I think she's such a cool person. I feel like she'd just be fun to hang out with. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. I could no. see it going either way on that 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Let's do our blind watch. Susan, yeah. you picked it. Um, the house at the end of the street sounds like the last house on the left, or you know, movie, it, you know, all that stuff. Does. So Which, this last house on the left is better, even the new remake. <laughs> correct, correct, it is. So the house at the end of the street is a movie that was released September twenty first in two thousand twelve. Again, I think it was made um in two thousand ten, and then. It was put on a hold shelf until 2012, which was when Jennifer Lawrence really blew up with Hunger Games. So with the success of Hunger Games, they're going to release this and like, oh, maybe from the fallout of Hunger Games and the popularity, people will go see this. Uh, And people did see this. So this movie, again, September 21st, 2012, not a bad time to release this. Um, It was directed by somebody called Mark Tondere, and he is a British Zimbabwean disc jockey. 
who turned into a filmmaker. Um, we'll get to that later. But the most interesting thing here is that this movie originally back in 2003 um what seven years before it actually started getting made was going to be directed by jonathan mostow who did breakdown with kurt russell u571 the submarine movie with matthew mcconaughey terminator 3 um he was an executive producer of michael douglas's the game and hancock with will smith um and then it was going to be written by richard kelly who is famous for donnie darko that is a fucking winning team to make a movie if you ask yeah that is a winning team something happened along the way it never got off the ground it never got made and it went to a zimbabwean disc jockey Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the results susan why did you pick this like i'm I'm curious and then what why do you think it failed uh well i picked it i actually once again was thinking of brian i was like oh i think brian will enjoy this um because the last one I picked, like, Significant Other, that was, like, really good and fun. Because I was like, all right, let me maybe pick another horror. Part of it was I saw it was on HBO Max. or Max, I'm trying to get used to that. And I've always wanted to see it. And it, I, mostly because, I, you know, I like a good horror. And I also like Jennifer Lawrence. And Elizabeth, I knew Elizabeth Shue was in it, too. And I, I really do like almost anything with her. Um, and so I was like, well, this could be fun. And, like, most of the times with horror brian is pretty like he has fun with it so i i thought at most i thought it was just gonna be like a very i figured it'd still be predictable but i thought it'd be like like we'd just be like oh it wasn't that bad like what you know for what it was um it failed because of what you just said like i think this person came in there and was like i don't know what to do with this he was clearly an amateur director there was some amateur editing in there too just from right off the bat the editing was like what this is something that you'd see in a film class like this is just weird style like frames and things like that i don't i don't know it was very um dramatic like over the top and uh and then ultimately the sad thing is that the premise is actually pretty good. Like they have the right idea. And if it was executed correctly, this could have been a great horror story. But the way they let it unfold, some of the dialogue and the screenplay, like like whoever wrote the script did a terrible job too. It's not just, the, I don't know if the director wrote the script. No, no. So who wrote the script was David Luca, who okay. um, has it really done anything you would, he, he wrote the Whoopi Goldberg movie, Eddie, where she became a basketball coach for the NBA. Uh-huh. Okay. And then he did the 2017 sequel rings, which was like ring three, basically. Oh, and that was terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he wrote that. So that's, kind of what he's done he hasn't done much uh he spent a lot of time not working basically (laughs) so that makes sense because some of the diet so because what i feel like is they had this really great main idea and unfortunately the script got in the wrong hands and like the dialogue is so corny it's so bad I don't know if it's just the acting. There is some bad acting in there for sure. Some of it I'm like, are these people even actors or they just have to like scrounge up like an open casting call of like extras to to read lines or something, which is crazy to think of with 
Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue and Jennifer Lawrence, and even the the guy, that guy's not bad. The main guy, I forget his name, but I just keep thinking Ryan. He does Max Thoreau and Gil Bellows. Yeah, he's he's um. Yeah, Max Thoreau is the is the guy you're thinking of. Yeah, he's good. He is good in the movie, and he's a good actor. But other than those three. Like everybody else is very mediocre and like like or just bad, and just some of the line delivery. Obviously, we pointed out some like, well, de- definitely dickhole was terrible. That whole conversation about dickhole's the new asshole. Like ha ha ha. Like what? What is that? <laughs> and then there was something that the guy said to you. We were texting, and whenever he was trying to hit on Jennifer Lawrence's character. Uh, he said something about being like horny or what was, do you remember the line? Oh like, yeah. What was that? What that <laughs> was, it was, it was funny, it was, but it was weird. Well, it was funny cause it was so bad. And like these, the way some of these conversations happen are so like not organic. It's just clear that they don't even believe what they're saying. Cause they just, they have to read the line and whoever wrote this thought it was going to be funny or make sense. And it was, are you trying to scroll through our text to find? I, out I, I am. I am. It's yeah. pretty funny. It was funny because it's like it's so abrupt. I mean, I don't even care. This is a spoiler. The guy literally sits on the bed with Jennifer Lawrence at a party, and he's been cool with her. And he was like, "Ha ha ha!" He said something about being horny to her, and then all of a sudden, he like he like tries to. I wouldn't say necessarily rape or attack, but he comes on to her like forcefully, and it's so bad physical acting too because it's just like it's like what just happened he's not even it's rushed and it's just like and she he puts her down a little bit she's like stop it and it's just like so quick it's like it you'd almost it's still horrible that somebody does that but it, it was so quick and like forced and abrupt that you're just like did that even happen like are we even counting that because that was really random and like done in one second so it was it was poor buildup so it's it's a combination of horrible writing and unfortunately not good directing either because there's no a good horror movie at least builds up tension it like allows you to want to know the mystery it was just Oh, and then like the flashbacks and the way he tells the story of what happened to his sister. Ooh, yeah, it's so bad. it is. It is. It is. It's kind of awkward to watch and painful. I did find some of the things we said. Oh, yeah. for those of you listening to this show, I wish we could post our text messages to each <laughs> other throughout the movie commentary because they're pretty funny. Yeah. Um, So like, I guess one of the things they're like Jennifer Lawrence meets this this guy that lives next to her, like the main guy. He's like one of the sons of the neighbors that they're, they're friends with. Yeah. And they're talking about like where they were, they were before this. And like, I guess the guy describes as like one of those starving places. (laughs) And it's a good description. The mom says that the mom. Yeah. One of those starving places, but like to something when they're talking to the young couple, um, like in high school, uh, talking about how horny he is, he says, yeah. "I'm pitifully horny." <laughs> That's what it was. I'm it's pitifully a, horny, and I go, "I'm using that." <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was and there was like there's how oh, I have here a wasted slut in high school. Like whenever she tells her mom, she's like, "This is good. At least I wasn't a wasted slut in high school." Like it's just 
so many um cringy things like I, I don't even know uh it's just a lot of stuff didn't even make sense like how rude they were to the kid like there's a scene where they just like these guys like like be attack the kid like the neighbor yeah and it's like i'm like i, I think i texted like this is unnecessary like this is this makes no sense the like the why they're like the, the uh, you know to sum it up without giving it too much away they think this kid who lives in the house by himself because his sister murdered his parents they find him weird and stuff so i'm like okay realistically if you find him weird i think in real life you just wouldn't really talk to the guy much you'd be like hey you'd probably be a little awkward you wouldn't get close dude shows up to go to like jennifer lawrence's like talent show or something and then these kids like attack his car beat the shit out of him and i'm like this is this makes no sense this was like this was like when we watched um with the recent crappy Halloween movie that was like one of the worst ones. Like the really right, yeah, Halloween ends, yeah. Remember how like the band guys, the band people were just beating Giant up? dicks, yeah. They were just beating up that kid. Like I was like, why would you do this? This makes no sense. And I'm like, like this, this doesn't, like I would like to believe most people don't just like beat up somebody like that much for no i mean maybe they do obviously there are shitty people in the world but i just in this scenario especially in front of so many other people i don't feel like it would happen yeah i i it, it doesn't make sense here and going through your dialogue is pretty funny because it's like you're texting me yeah so far yes so far so poorly executed and then uh oh my god that's just so bad <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just it's just like a lot of that and it's really funny and she's like so bad right oh these yeah. kids such sucks dicks yeah <laughs> they are suck. dicks well the, uh, the well there was a point where i was like this one when they were beating him up and the kid defends himself and i was like i think it says like he deserved it <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what happens that like i was like and he does that he definitely deserved that leg break <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't care that he got that because I was like, this dude doesn't make any sense. Because like uh, you, you, you feel bad for this guy, and just yeah. like Jennifer Lawrence does, but then you see what he's done, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not good. But even in that moment where kids are beating the shit out of him for like no reason, like yeah. he doesn't, he didn't deserve that at that moment, you know. Well, it's like you don't know that. It's like you have to put yourself realistically, like what these people know about this kid it would make no sense for them to beat him up the way that they did. Like what we knew in the moment, I was like, no, this doesn't, I wouldn't think this was like, okay. So I was more mad at the other guy. I mean, obviously you find out some other stuff later and you're like, eh, you kind of suck, but still uh, at that moment, I don't think you deserve to get beat up. Right. No, it's funny. And so like, I'm reading, I'm going to read you the dialogue at the end of the movie. And it was, you said, run, girl, run. And you go, <laughs> dang, he just killed that poor waitress. And then I said, it's too bad he didn't focus on killing those dickholes rather than the girls. And you go, right? That's kind of anticlimactic. And I go, huh, well, there's that. And you said, it's so good. 
I'm sorry about that pick. I honestly picked that more for you because it was horror, but it was just horrible. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> I was laughing. I had, ha, ha, ha. I was laughing. It, it was. It was hor- <laughs> like, it's really bad, y'all. I mean, I don't even care that we're revealing spoilers because I'm telling you now, don't You don't need to see this. It. You don't need, don't to, see need to see this. There's so many better horror films streaming that you should definitely spend your time on. And this is not one of them. Yes, there's a good twist. Mm-hmm. But sadly, because the movie is so bad, the twist is just like, it doesn't even matter. You're like, dang, what a wasted good twist on a shitty movie. <laughs> right, just- right, right, right. Um, I, <laughs> it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, It's, and like, even like when you talk about the editing of this movie, it's, yeah. Even though it was made in like 2010, it seems like it was made in like 2000 or 1999 when those like early MTVES or like early horror movies that, you know, like certain edits that just didn't make sense. Yeah. And it's so obvious. Like there's a scene where her and her mom are walking in the forest at supposedly night. Like I can tell when they do the, when it's not actually nighttime and they use the lens to make the screen dark because it ends up looking more blue than anything. And I'm like, that's just that lens. Either it's just really blue or like someone didn't white balance correctly. It's just like, there's a lot of amateur filming. Like this was just poorly made. Yeah, it was uh, not not great. And you you think about it, and you're just like, oh man, you had this great cast here. You or not great cast. You had these great filmmakers behind it at first, and then it just never got off the ground for some reason. This all being said, this movie was made between seven and ten million dollars. It made forty five million dollars at the box wow. office. People went to see it, and mind you, it was genius because Did you know Jennifer why Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence because. <laughs> Hunger Games came out, what, summertime? And so she was real popular and sort of like, oh, here's a movie she's in now. You know, it's a horror movie. Go see it. And people did. And then, can you imagine fucking seeing this in the theater and paying like 10 bucks for it? Yeah. Uh, Well, that's then. Now, if you try to watch this in theaters, it'd be like $17. This movie is a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is accurate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah, that's what your last thing you said at the the night of we watched it you said i can see why this is a 12 percent on rotten tomatoes and then you want to go back and you're like who's the fucking 12 percent like who gave it I'm an looking, over 70 percent no rating i'm looking at the people who gave it a tomato and it's like someone wrote terrifyingly chilling you don't want to miss the, the horrors hiding in the house at the end of the street they either um, didn't watch it or they were hyperbole to get a pull quote Right. Uh, somebody says Lawrence often elevates subpar material. Um, underrated shoe shouldn't be written off here either. It's the dynamic of these actresses that make the majority of the film watchable. I mean, that's not horrible, but I, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd still give this movie a rotten. I wouldn't give them a tomato for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like some of these people that say it's good. I'm like, how is this? Yeah, they're trying to say that Jennifer Lawrence makes it worth it, and I'm like, I love, I love you, Jennifer, but no, it's not. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that is the movie. That is, 
uh, that is House of the End of the Street. This is currently available to stream on what was it? Max. Was it? It was on Max. Yeah, yeah. formerly HBO Max. Um, mm. But we don't really give uh, a recommendation for this. This is not no. great. Um, Interestingly enough, this movie won a People's Choice Award for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> that tells you how popular Jennifer Lawrence was at the time. I mean, this was her peak. This was, oh wait, well, I don't want to say her peak because she's still doing well. But like, this was her like, oh my god, this was her like star launch. So everybody was obsessed with her because, like you said, Hunger Games and Silver's Linings Playbook and everything. So they they were obsessed. But, right. Yeah, and it's she is, uh... she's good in it, but it's just. I mean, the movie's not good. So. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, insane. So, yeah, that's that's this movie. So don't watch it. We don't recommend it. Uh, it's on HBO Max if you're curious. Uh, and if you want to round out your Jennifer Lawrence um, watching ability, you can do it. But we don't recommend it. You You probably won't like it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to end this show with honorable mentions on what we've been watching, what we suggest to watch. Of course, we've had a few um, series enders, series finales, not season finales, series finales. So the two big ones, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso ended its series. Um, Now will it come back? It's up in the air. I doubt Ted Lasso will come back as it is but there might be a spinoff with some of the same characters but ted lasso final season i don't think there should be one i i really i felt like that was so done like yeah they wrapped up stuff yeah they wrapped up i mean there's people who left the team and stuff i just i think it'd be really weird if they continued i mean they can and i get it but uh i i don't know but that being said, Ted Lasso final season, especially those last two episodes were just chef's kiss. Amazing. Like I love this show. I love mm-hmm. what they did. I know the third or this final season was getting a lot of shit from people. I don't see it why. Was. I don't know why it was amazing. It's so happy and joyful and great. And the story arcs are all there and they come to a great Ted Lasso conclusion and the way they ended it. I just loved it. What about you? I loved, I loved the ending. I think I can understand five and six. That's my only thing. Like, I understand people. I don't know how people were complaining the first four. Like, I think that right when it started, people were already saying, oh, the show lost its magic. And I was like, what are you talking about? I love these first four episodes. Then five and six happened. And I felt like five and six felt more like fillers. Okay. And they just weren't that strong. They didn't feel like they were moving the story forward. Um so that that I get, but then after that, like every other episode felt great. I loved nine. Nine was so damn good. I feel like, like after okay, so five and six were the weaker one. They felt like fillers. Then seven and eight were still like pretty good. Like it was getting better. And then once nine happened, nine through twelve were like everything was on point. I was like, this is this is great. I loved nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. And I thought it ended perfectly. I wouldn't change a thing about the ending. Um, what happened to all the characters was great. I, 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 I had I had a fantasy ending in my head for Ted Lasso. It didn't happen, but... What was your fantasy ending? My fantasy ending was that 
Ted Lasso was going to leave to go back home, which he did in the ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was there um, and he, instead of going back to coach football or his son's team, he was asked since he did so well in England, he was going to coach a U.S. soccer team. And then when he walked in there to the room with the soccer team, the entire um, Richmond team was going to be his team. And um, Hannah Waddingham, who plays the owner, had bought the team for him and they're all together again. And that would be my... I would have loved that. That would have been That's my so fantasy. That would have been like, my fantasy ending right there. That would have been because the show would have gotten a lot of shit for that. That would have been like, come on, guys, what the hell? Don't you <laughs> want that though? Don't you no. want? Well, you don't want that. What are you talking about? I would. That would be my fantasy no, ending I right think, there. I I appreciate realism, and I think it made more sense what actually happened. I thought that was perfect. I I don't think it in the real world people don't just stay like you know, you grow apart or you move on. And right. so people like, you know, I like seeing a certain character go to another soccer team because that's where he wanted to be. Ultimately. I liked seeing, um, you know, beard and Ted separate. Like that made sense to me. I, I loved seeing that originally when Rebecca's like, if you go, I go, I was like, girl, don't do that. You know, like you don't need, like, I think that was great that she still stayed. And, um, I don't know. I just everything that they did. I especially like seeing where where Keely landed and what happens with her love triangle. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think there was uh, every, like I said, I wouldn't change a thing about the the ending because it was where the where the characters ended up was what I would hope, and I just really loved. The final like soccer game too. I thought it was good. I, you know, I think Rupert Manon or whatever as a villain in this series was one of the best villains in a in a comedy series that I. Yeah, no, seen. he was great because like he, he had a little so redemption good. with the mm-hmm. scene, but then he turned back into himself inevitably. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Ted Lasso. They ended it well, so very good. Well, and I loved what they did with it because it's like, yeah, he had, yeah, he had a little redemption because Rebecca hits on like when he was probably a better person, mm-hmm. but then he does something that shows he's still a pig, yeah, you know, and he's not gonna, he's just not a good person right now, like he's he's scum, and and I think, yeah, I really enjoyed watching him because he was always like fun to watch as somebody to dislike, especially as. Some people who you watch Buffy as well, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's just funny because he was Rupert Giles, <laughs> right? Buffy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like the whole time, Trevor's like a hardcore Buffy fan. So we were just like, I was like, Rupert, what is happening? For <laughs> like, sure, for sure. No, it's Buffy great. Would be so disappointed in you. It, it, I was always hoping for like a Buffy picture or like something like something the to reference. Like a, yeah, a Buffy nod. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like honestly, Giles is one of my favorite characters too. No, it's so show. good. So it's just, and I mean, even though I don't like Rupert, he's one of my favorite characters to watch on Ted Lasso because he's is so good he's so good in that show but anyways i i think it was perfect i hope they don't do any more because to me even though that people don't think yes first two seasons were better in my opinion but i still like season three a lot and i think 
I don't know why it was shit on as much as it was. I don't think it deserved that. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I love the characters and I think it was just a great ending. And I think that was a, it's it's a great show. Everyone should watch it. I agree. Um, that's, uh, what I love it. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, Ted Lasso, the other one was of course, HBO succession, one of the top shows ever. Uh, it ended its series Don't finale. Don't spoil anything for me because I I am watching. I'm going to watch that with uh, Trevor after. We're watching Barry right now. Okay. Which is on its final season as yep. well. And then we're going to watch Succession. So no spoilers. No spoilers. But I'm just going to say Succession ended so greatly and so wonderfully. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. That show and characters are fantastic. Uh, four seasons? Four five? seasons. Four. Okay. Four seasons. It was uh, amazing. Uh, they did a I'm great job. To watch that. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, other than that, we have. Um, so I didn't see Never Have I Ever. I know it's the final season, but I know you were a big champion of that show. Love that show. I'm actually rewatch on my own. I'm rewatching from season one. I already watched season one again, and I'm gonna rewatch two and three to be able to rewatch the final season i always do that every season i would watch it and rewatch it like from the start again until i i, I can rewatch that show a lot it's said it's so easy but final season was great um it's definitely more about where these girls are going to end up and where the characters are going to be i think it was really smart of mindy kaling to just focus on the to end before they like left high school Mm-hmm. Um, and just cause you know, when you go from a high school show and show, try to show them in college and stuff like that, it really, it it's hard when characters like separate and stuff like that. So, um, it was another perfect ending. I think they did really well by the characters. They all ended up where they should be. People ended up with who they should be. And, um, yeah, I just think that this is, I, I, I say it all the time. I wish I had this show. When I was younger, I think it could have really helped me view. Um, it could have helped my insecurities a lot as a as a kid. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a it's a great show, and uh, I'm glad it ended on just like Ted Lasso. I think it ended on a high note. It's like perfect timing. I'm glad they didn't try to overdo it. So highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It premieres final season premieres tomorrow. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. There you go. Final season on Hulu. And check out Susan's interviews with some of the cast and crew yes, very I soon. Yes, I will be posting that today, actually. Awesome. There you go. Um, up next, how much would I fucking hate Little Mermaid live action? Uh, I mean, I think Brian will... Uh, my guess is he would hate it. I mean, I would like to... I would think that, but you never know. There's a little part of me that's like, maybe you're going to end up liking it more than I think, but you don't like the Disney live actions most of the time. So nope, nope, nope. nope. I can't imagine you're going to like it. I I really can't. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of my, I, I, I liked it enough. I, so we don't, we don't agree here on the Disney live actions. Brian, the only because I actually don't even count Cruella as a Disney live action because it's not a remake. I'm talking about remakes because Cruella is its own movie. However, Cruella is wonderful. Um, I think the best ones are, I like Aladdin, um, Cinderella, 
and Jungle Book. Wow, Brian's face is so, it's like he's had sour milk or something. He's just so disgusted by all that. Uh, but those are my top three. And then Little Mermaid would be number four. Again, I base these on the fact that they are a live action remake of an original. That's why I can't really put Cruella in that because Cruella is an original story. It's it's not a remake. It's just taking a character and creating this like kind of Devil Wears Prada storyline that's so good. Um, but yeah, so it is really hard to do because these, these original animated Disney films are always better. Uh, and I still would say those are better than these live actions. However... I, the ones I mentioned, I really enjoyed. I think Little Mermaid, it's a tough one to do because of the underwater. There's still some cringy scenes. I, I said Javier Bardem is probably my weak link for this movie. I feel like he doesn't emote as much, um, you know, anger and care as the, the cartoon did. Uh, but other than that, Halle Bailey is so damn good as Ariel. And she but we why are you you haven't seen it you haven't seen it brian you can't say you have to watch it before you can say anything she is great she brings that character to life and there was so much shit about her getting cast because people are idiots and they're like oh she's black and oh i don't care about that no i know you don't care about that but a lot of people do i mean i've had I've had comments of people being upset about that. So it's just, it's whatever. I, I don't really care. Like if you have a problem with that, then I mean, obviously if you have a problem with it, it's because you've been represented your whole life and you've never seen, you don't know what it feels like to not be represented. <laughs> so that that's why people, those people have a problem. Um, but anyways, Halle Bailey is really great. And I think that's ultimately, I said, I was like, if there's any reason for this remake, it was for, to, to see her as Ariel because she does do such a phenomenal job. She is a great singer and she does, she knocks it out of the park. Also, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula really embodies that character. She's fantastic. And David Diggs as Sebastian as the other shining star. Um, he's so funny. He's the one that cracks me up throughout the movie. So it's because of these performances and Eric is solid too, that I'm like, okay, I don't mind the movie. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. Like, is it the best one? No. Could I understand someone not liking it? Yes. Um, but it is a fun watch in the theaters for the summertime. I think, um, it's a, it's a good one for kids and family. But I, I think Brian will hate it. Yeah, I think I'll hate it too. So what's, so you only you only like Cruella? There's not any. So you don't really like a remake then? You don't like any of the live action remakes? No. Okay, well then, yeah, no, you, you're not gonna like this. Yeah, it won't. It, not for me. That's why I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, there's that, and then of course we just saw the Flash this week. It's where I saw Susan. Um, the Flash, of course, with Ezra Miller, and it's allegedly bringing back. The multiverse, once again, into the DCU. Um, yeah. A lot of people, it's been getting a lot of high praise, and I'm here to say maybe Susan is too. It's okay at best. There's a lot yeah. of, it's long as two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It's pacing is off. It doesn't feel like it's finished. And it seems to be many different movies in one. And a lot of it 
where some of it seems very silly and hokey and corny, then it gets into very great moments of very wonderful, dramatic turns and action beats. But then it goes back to being weird and dumb and it just could never find its footing in being a cohesive or even a fluid, smooth movie. And mm-hmm. it's just something that I don't really care to see again. Um, like I'm not clamoring for it. So that's how, that's what I thought about it. I like completely agree with Brian on everything you said. The opening sequence for this is one of the worst superhero opening sequences I've ever seen in my life. Cause usually I feel like these movies start like oh okay we might be okay it's kind of like you know like remember when we watched Shazam 2 the start of it was like oh this is good it's gonna be good yeah and then nose dive that's not what this was this was like when I started it I was like uh oh (laughs) this is gonna be bad visual effects are bad this is corny as hell this is the this is the way we're going we're in trouble yeah and then they bring in a storyline that's simple and relatable and you're like oh okay okay i can feel this and it's just what brian said it's disjointed it's chaotic it doesn't i don't feel like they there's no proper flow it's all over the place i'm sick of the multiverse i'm sorry guys stop it just stop and I'm, the multiverse thing. I'm not sick of it like i uh, i like it when it's used in a good way but now, like with this DC one, I think some of it was actually awesome to see. But there's points in the movie where it's so force fed to you mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense why any of it's there that yeah. it's just like, oh, you're just doing this to be like everybody else. Because like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Avengers, you know, they're doing a good job there. Like they've done a good cool. job. It's kind of good to see the storyline. But here with DC it was force fed to us and mostly force fed to us um, minus one thing. And it was just like, uh, okay. I, and I'm no. not over it. Cause there's some things that would be cool to see come together, but you have to do it in a way that it's not just like, Oh, we just want to be a part of it. So we're just going to show this other verse of it. There you go. You know, give us money. Like that's what they did here. Yeah. It's it was obviously well done with Avengers Endgame and what they did. It was well done with Spider Man, the last Spider Man with Tom Holland and the other two Spider Mans. Um, and I haven't seen Spider Verse yet, like the new one, but I'm sure that's that's good too. But we have seen a lot of this stuff happening lately, and I'm just I I don't I don't care for it when it's just like yeah this was kind of one. There's a scene where I just feel like, like, oh, here's our opportunity to just show these random characters that it was yeah. cool to see. But I was just like, but why? Why is this happening? Why? Why? Yeah, it doesn't need to. It was force fed to us. It was like, here it is. Yeah. It and it was. Yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't great. And but the the redeeming qualities of the movie, which were Michael Keaton. I mean, like he is, I mean, this really shouldn't be a spoiler alert. He's in the trailer. So it's, but he, he is great. I think yeah, those are the scenes so I like. The, the thing that stands out is him and this is putting aside Ezra Miller's personal life. He is a really good actor. Yeah. And his performance is, 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 it's good. It's, it's great. Like it, it, 
it makes it watchable. And so because of that, I'm like, all right, I can, it, that I give it an okay because the good, I think I told you this last night, the good like evens out the bad enough, like mm -hmm. lightly it'll even out because there's some really great moments and they, that's what can make it like, I'm like, I, I still would tell people you should watch it if you're interested. Like, like if you are interested at all, like if somebody's like, oh, I want to watch The Flash, I'd be like, okay, watch it and form your own opinion. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to recommend it strictly for the Michael Keaton stuff. Like people want to, yeah. they should see that. Like that is what you've been wanting for a while. I do geek out. I geek yeah, out for that, sure. And it was like, good. Yeah. It was like, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. I love it. And it's like, he's never, I mean, he hasn't skipped a beat. Like it, it he fits in that role again, like a glove. Like it's just yeah. like whatever. he never left. Yeah, no, it's exactly good. like he never left. So anyways, yeah, I definitely um, that's I, I stand by. OK, right. And, but you should watch it. Yeah, and that's what you should do. Um, so that's the flash. I got to see uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, how many Transformers movies are there? I don't know. Maybe this is number six, 100. number seven. Yeah. <laughs> this one is, I think, the best one. Uh, and I don't say that lightly because I haven't really liked any of the Transformers movies minus the first 20 minutes of the first one with Shia LaBeouf. Um, this one is good, man. It's directed by the guy who did Creed 2. Uh, and it like it has heart. It has soul. It stars Anthony uh, Ramos, you know, the guy, one of the guys from... Um, Hamilton in the Heights. Yeah. In the Heights. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton and in the Heights. Uh, and it's, it's great. It takes place in 1994. So there's a lot of great music that goes along with that. So it's a prequel to like the first Transformers movie and it is good. And you can tell that the director was a highly influenced by Iron Man, Avengers Endgame and Lord of the Rings and it but in great ways like in the best ways possible and it works those action sequences are so good and it has weight and the ending of the movie the stinger the ending movie right before the credits roll is going to blow all of your collective minds and it's gonna you're gonna love it uh it got such a huge reaction in the theater even by me um and i'm i'm well, all for what's it. that what's that reaction brian because your reaction was this was a, uh, was I it? it was a reaction that went like oh yes <laughs> you did that you actually did that yeah i i, I auto or i physically moved <laughs> physically moved and i you, did and you you yeah you verbally you spoke out i, I said oh yes ask preston he sat right next to me okay we'll see yeah we were I'm like excited. brian brian's so like Un, unmoving and unemotional and screening so like okay yeah so Same. go see transformers rise of the beast this weekend it's actually really good i think you'll like it um and then my last thing before we close this out there is a true crime documentary out on discovery plus or id um right now it is called the curious case of natalia grace it is a fantastic and crazy insane documentary uh that is about um a family that adopts a little girl from Ukraine um, who's supposed to be five years old. Uh, turns out she is much older. And if you remember the horror movie Orphan about the family that adopts a young child who turns out to be 30 and tries to kill them, that movie was, was that. yeah, was that crazy. movie is based on this little girl and it is nuts. 
watch it. All of the episodes are available right now on Discovery. I highly recommend, even if you don't have it, sign up for the free trial and do it because this Uh is so good. But that wraps up No BS with Brian and Susan. We're so happy you listen. We'll be back next time with more Bachelorette, Bachelor Blind Watches. Find Susan. Brian will have a pick. I will have a pick. I will have a pick. It'll be a good one. Um, hopefully. Uh, but be better fun. than this one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but we are No BS with Brian and Susan. Find Susan Kamyab Stevens at Irving Community Television. Uh, find her reviews and her amazing interviews and stories on there. Find her at thischicksflicks.com. All of her insightful, amazing things. Uh, find her on YouTube. Find her on Instagram and YouTube at Susan Kamyab Stevens or thischicksflicks.com. And once a month, if you're in the Dallas area, WFAA Channel 8, catch her movie critiques and industry analysis. She's amazing. And Brian Kluger, me, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, highdefdigest.com, boomstickcomics.com. We're here. And then catch out our other shows, My Bloody Podcast and Fear and Loathing and Cinema Podcast. We love you and thank you.